Welcome to Three Gens Theology. We see as a high priority that all believers should be firmly grounded in their walk in faith. And uh, we are wanting to come alongside to be an encouragement, uh, to uh, encourage you in your uh, understanding of the scriptures and uh, your, your strength in that. And so we're excited to do so. Last time we started in on bibliology and we started to talk about uh, general revelation and we went long enough that we didn't get any further. So uh, we just uh, started recording again, and we're going to talk about specific revelation today. Um, and so we're excited about sharing not just um, about the world and how God has revealed himself to us in general revelation, but more specifically in how he directly communicates uh, through uh, uh, particular people. Uh, in the past and through his son and through the word. So if and you're so watching us on YouTube, that. if you're watching us on YouTube, it's not that we didn't haven't changed in a week. It's that we uh, there was recording right after yeah. the uh, the last one. So yeah, J- Jim and I both shower regularly. I don't know about Cy, but <laughs> but uh, Jim and I both shower regularly. More, more natural. More natural. Yeah, there you go. There you I'm go. just kidding. I shower. Uh, that's good. Uh, but we are excited about sharing with you, and this it was fresh in our minds to talk about uh, Revelation, and so we are going to do so and uh, go ahead and record this, and we're excited about it. So, uh, Sai, why don't you pray for us today? Yeah. Lord, uh, we thank you for uh, for who you are, and um, Lord, we, we thank you that you have, uh, Lord, given us the ability to uh, to understand a glimpse, a glimpse of, of your, um, of, of who you are and, and, and your, um, your amazingness. Um, Lord, uh, I pray that as we, uh, as we grapple here with special revelation, Lord, I pray that we would do that, uh, do that well. Uh, Lord, I pray, I pray that you continue to work in our hearts. Um, I also, I pray that you, uh, work in our, in our listeners' hearts, Lord, that, uh, that these, these conversations would be, would be a benefit, uh, a benefit, benefit to all of us. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, Lord be with us. And, uh, in your name, amen. 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 Welcome. Last week, we talked about the fact that God... Did, wait, wait, wait. Was all that... Was that welcome? Or what, what, what was, did you say welcome. there? That's all welcome? Yeah. That's a long way to say welcome. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Where I come from, it's hey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't have to verify that, do no, I? I mean, no. it's, yeah. Well, that's I mean, I don't the know way, how, that's I don't the know way how I'd verify it. it. <laughs> Last week, we spoke, we spoke about the fact that God is not silent. He is a God who has revealed himself. Uh, he has made himself known through the things that he has created. He has made himself known in our hearts through giving us a conscience that we might be able to determine what is right and what is wrong. Uh, though we may make the wrong choice, uh, that umpire is still there. We recognize the fact that God has revealed uh, his g- glory and that God has revealed his righteousness through the things that he has made. And yet, as we learn from uh, Romans, we, as human beings, instead of glorifying God, began to give glory to the things that God had created. Mm -hmm. Knowing that humans are like that, 
knowing that we would need more, knowing that uh, there was a necessity to be more specific in the way information about him would be made known. God gave us what we call particular or special revelation. That is that God provided a way through human speakers, through uh, human writers, and through the uh, gift of his son who revealed and brought the, the truth of God to humankind, God has spoken. And in, in an interesting way, we can really start our discussion today by looking at a passage that describes that in detail. And that's Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read just the first few verses of that chapter. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, through whom he appointed, uh, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. And if we go then to the second chapter of, of Hebrews, we also find that the description that is given is a description of things that pertain to words. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord that it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. This passage, the, the Hebrews 1 passage, reminds us of the fact that God used human beings as his instruments to bring about his message. Not that he always did, because we also have instances when God himself speaks. We have instances where uh, individuals are given visions, where people dream dreams, uh, where angels appear as messengers of God, all of them bearing a message. But this message would be to us of little value if it was only profitable to the people to whom the prophets went, to whom the angels appeared, to whom God spoke in the past as he does not in a regular way now. So God also made provision that those messages be written down, that there be a record of those things, and that's what we call the Bible. And in our discussion of particular revelation, we're talking about the difference between God giving something that, was, that is generally available to all, 
to something that is particularly available to those who pick up this word. The way God has revealed himself through his speech and through the things that have been written concerning him is the way in which most of us have come to know him. So um, as kind of a, a beginning to all this, so if you looked at 99% of, of theology books, they would refer to this as special revelation. Um, but we, we've kind of taught, the three of us have kind of talked about um, the word specific and particular that we're going to be using today. Uh, let's talk about why we might use a different word than special there. Dad, Dad what, what do you, why do we talk through that? Yeah, special is a fine word. It, it, it does, uh, used, used in the right sense, it, it says the right thing. But the way that we use the word special in our, in our common language uh, can give uh, an inaccurate connotation. Um, we use the word special like it is, um, uh, like I, I have three kids and, um, you know, if, if I liked you best, you might be my special child, you know, which you do, which like best. <laughs> we all know that Emily's my favorite <laughs> daughter. Um, so, well but, said. but we use, we use special as though it is, uh, something that is, that is better something that is um, secret. See, yeah, right. Uh, privileged, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of idea. And that's not really what that's talking about. It's, it's that it is defined, that it is specific. Mm -hmm. So it, that is a use of the word special, specific. Um, and so that's how that's used. It's, it's a fine word to use, but sometimes people can get the wrong, the wrong idea that it is uh, um, somehow... Um, mystical or, you know, um, a hidden society. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, like only, only certain people can, can gather it. Well, the truth is nobody can understand it without the spirit, which we'll get to later. later but, uh, but it's not that it's not in that sense that it's special. It is special. It is elevated. It is precious. It, it is those things. But in this sense, particular or specific is a, is a, probably a better way to discuss this difference between general and specific. I think this, this becomes an illustration of one thing that we're trying to emphasize here is that we want to teach you the normal terminology of the theologian, mm -hmm. the professional theologian, if you will, but at the same time to explain things in ways that use language that is meaningful and not confusing uh, in our current society. Right. When we talk about special revelation, special is simply the opposite of general. General, right. general is spread out for everyone. Special is limited in the sense that it's in a, in a limited way presented. Um, so what we're going to probably do as we get through this is to jump back and forth between words, but maybe this will help you to understand why we're... Right. But I, but I do think it's easy to have a misconception of yes. of what that word special is saying. Right. Um, and I think it's that way because, as we talked in, in Prolegomena, that, that theologies build over time. And so there are, there are topical headings that were set up a long time ago, and now we use those words differently. Um, 
And so I think that uh, happens um, on occasion. And so we need to be careful about those things. But there's nothing wrong with the, with using special revelation. You just need to clarify what your right. what your uh, what the contrast is there between uh, general and special. So also, I, I think it's interesting in the idea of specific revelation, it is um, not exhaustive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's another interesting thing about it, that God revealed certain things about himself and about mankind and about how he relates to them. And, right. And then he, because he could not, we could not gather all the things about him. Right. I mean, he's, right. Too, he's too big for us to understand all the things about him. Um, and so there are things that he didn't reveal about himself um, in, script, we could be in, in scripture. For that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it's really interesting to, to think about this. So the specific, it really is, it's not just that it's not the general thing, but it also is specific in the sense that he revealed certain things for us to understand that, that he deemed we needed to have. And also it's important that we recognize the fact that revelation is progressive mm-hmm. in the sense that, right. for example, uh, Noah or Moses or Abraham, uh, regardless of which Old Testament character you choose, each had a deposit of information that God had revealed about himself to those who were before them. Mm-hmm. And as God interacted with them, he added new truth, new things about himself, yep. new things that were his desire for them to live by. Um, but as time went on and more things were added to that, we gained a fuller and fuller picture of who God is, who we are as human beings, and what God intends for us to know and to be. And that progressive character of revelation is also important for us to remember. Right, and how how great, sometimes we look at the Old Testament uh, uh, people and we think, man, how great it would be to be at the Red Sea, to be, you know, to be there on the hill when David kills Goliath, or how great it would be, you know, to be in those settings. But I tell you how great it is to have the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have all that truth mm-hmm. um all written down to, to you know to have um, to look at all those uh, writings and to have them all built up yes. for us to see. That's so a, a verse that you uh, had in your in your um, theology, theology um, was it's really so good that Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever. Mm-hmm. that we may observe all the words of this law. So there are things that, obviously, there are things that the Lord knows that we don't know. There's, there, he knows them. We're ignorant of them. But the things that he's revealed, that he's unveiled in his word, not only can we know them because they're written in his word, but then we can have them for every generation can know them. Um, and therefore, our they're really for our good. They're they're really so beneficial for us that we can live by them. We can observe all those words, and yes. so uh, it's really an impactful thing to not just um, not just academically know truths about who about who God is, but that they really are 
um, generate generationally um, impactful truths that we can pass on. So as we think about three gens, um, they have impacted our three gens and hopefully will continue to impact generation after generation. It is, it is true that the things that we, we learn, we learn through experience and we learn through study. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned how great it would be to be by the Red Sea. Uh, you think about the Israelites as they were gathered there along that shore and Pharaoh's army is catching up with them. They have, they have the, uh, the pillar of fire and the, uh, the cloud that indicates that God's with them. Um, and yet they couldn't help but stand on the edge of that sea and think, great. All of those miracles that were performed back there that somehow got us out here aren't going to do us any good now. And then God reveals again his great power and opens the sea. And they walk through dry and the enemy is destroyed in the sea. And you think, well, that would have been a messy place to be actually because probably we would have been quaking just like the rest of them were not realizing the fact that when God had revealed things about himself through the miracles that he performed in, uh, in Egypt and was about to reveal himself again, that God's great power, his great revelation of himself is intended for us not only to be experienced, but to be passed on. Hmm. So when you go to the Deuteronomy passages, when you go to Joshua, uh, you see again and again the response, the responsibility of those who have God's revealed truth to pass it on to the next generation. And we can read how ridiculous it is that they then ask Aaron to build a God for them. (laughs) Yes. And then look in the mirror and think, oh, yeah, I live like there's not a God too. You know, I live like I'm like I'm my God. I mean, yes. right? And so uh, we pass that truth on as well. That right. you know, how could they think there's not that God's not there with them already? How ridiculous they are there and then. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's right. and then uh, we need the same message ourselves. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, visions and dreams and angels. So in 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 the scriptures that are recorded that are that is God's word that is revelation there are even particular revelations within it yes right yes and so um, you know those those are very interesting where you have um, God's God's direct speech or direct appearances yes um, even there uh, where uh, Moses got to see the, the passing of God uh, or where you would have Christophanies, the appearances of Christ in the Old Testament um, for, uh, you know, varying instances. Um, and so it's interesting you have all of these direct revelations, specific revelations within what we would call the specific revelation of the scripture. Right. You know, so that's an, uh, kind of a, a leveled specific revelation special. You, th- you think about 
perhaps one of the most heart-wrenching passages in the whole Old Testament uh, when we find Adam and Eve hiding from the Lord, and mm. the Lord is walking in the garden right. in the beauty of the day, and he calls to Adam, Adam, where are you? The Lord knew where he was, mm -hmm. but it had to be recorded for us that there was a time in which humans were hiding from God, were ashamed of their behavior. We go to uh, Genesis chapter 15, where the Lord speaks to Abram and tells him to look up to the heavens. And when he does, he says, you see all those stars up there? Um, those are the number of the generations that will follow you. And, and uh, you almost get the feeling of Abram looking up and seeing babies instead of stars. <laughs> Recognizing the greatness, so shall you count your, so shall your descendants be the Lord said to Abram. And this account was written down by Moses much later. In uh, that same account, it says that, uh, verse 12, Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Mm. And behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out and with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. Imagine what Abram is being told in this vision the story of everything that we will see later about the people of Israel being in Egypt. Mm -hmm. This whole story is being told to Abram in a vision just at the time of his coming to uh, understand that God was calling him to be a prophet. Right. So that's, that's another, um, all, all of the prophets, the major prophets, minor prophets, the, the books themselves are a uh, specific revelation, but then within them mm -hmm. you have times where God's, God had them speak as him to the nation. Yes. So you have, again, specific revelation within the specific revelation. You know, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing there where you have times where, and it's not just in the prophets because it's also in the, in the histories, right. where you have prophets speaking uh, to the nation uh, as God. So, you know, he chose to speak kind of almost directly uh, to the nation, but it was through a prophet that he, that he chose to do it. Right. You so. have uh, Isaiah, for example, saying, And the Lord said to me, right. Thus saith the Lord to the people. Right. Um, the Lord said to Ahaz. Uh, all of these things that the Lord said were revelation on a very particular, specific uh, time, specific place to a specific person, right. or to God's people at any one particular time, right. but always referred to as the word of the Lord, right. that which the Lord wants to have said. Yep. 
And we always realize the fact that these are things that God wants said in human words, in human terms, in terms right. that can be understood by us. Yep. So a lot of times those are not... This is one thing that's interesting about, interesting about specific revelation. It's not written as, uh, here is truth about who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it is, um, you know, where he would say, I'm a jealous God, or I'm a, right, I want to I show my power, right. you, know, uh, you know. There's times where he would say that, but often it is, you need, you know, you have been doing this. You you need to do this. You know, it's it's much more about his relationship, right? Uh, with with who he's speaking with or who he's communicating to, uh, typically. And then we learn about him from those. So we learn truths about him from those, but it's not direct teaching about who he is, right? You know, so it's a. Uh, it's interesting along those lines that uh, Ezekiel is uh, frequently told by the Lord, these things are going to happen. I will do these things. Uh, the people will experience these things. Then will they know that I am right. the Lord. Right. Uh, and those reminders are constantly given. Yeah, like, I mean, scripture. his... Uh, his eternality, his his sovereignty, you know, some of these traits that we easily associate with God, we don't we we go to some of the statements of his foretelling mm-hmm. um, or of his fore uh, ordaining things, you know, to show those things. And it wasn't like he was saying, um, "I am I am sovereign." I'm sure that. His words, his word does say he's the sovereign Lord, but there are moments where uh, even the plagues, uh, the whole point of them was showing he's sovereign Lord. But the the, the he's saying I'm going to send locusts. You know, <laughs> it's it, that doesn't say sovereignty anywhere there, but it does show sovereignty. Yes. You know, uh, so you know, there's much. Um, that's kind of how we learn. That's how that re- revelation is. It's not just. Here I am. This is true about me. This is true about me. This is true about me. It's 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 uh, interaction, uh, much how we learn in a relationship. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so the ultimate of these direct revelations is uh, the Word, the Son of God, Christ coming. Right. Um, so let me just uh, jump in with some scripture here. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God, all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that came that has come into being. And then verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we often refer to Jesus as the Word, and it's so fitting because he himself is a revelation, right? right? A revelation of the truth of who God is and his interacting with mankind. That, that's certainly an, an accurate understanding too. Uh, and so uh, Jesus himself is a revelation right. of, of, um, of God, of, uh, of unveiling himself. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen 
the Father. Right. He was not shy at all about indicating his relationship with his heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that he could, in every way, declare that he was doing the will of the Father, that he, the scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit was leading him throughout his ministry, um, he would always say the things that his father wanted him to say. Mm -hmm. There is a constant reminder throughout Jesus's ministry that he is the word. He is the revelation. He is the speaking forth of that which God wanted spoken, yep. wanted seen, wanted revealed in him. And that's so exciting, oh, isn't yeah, it? Right. To realize the fact that he, in every sense, uh, embodied all there is of God uh, and as the God-man revealed all of that to those of his day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I put some of John 14 in, in uh, my little notes here and I wasn't even sure how much of John 14 to put in here because he does go on and on about oh, yes. <laughs> uh, all the things I do, I do because the Father told me to. The things I say, I, he's, I say because the Father told me to say them. You know, it's, it's, it goes on and on about that, which is good. Um, it's very clear that Jesus is saying of himself um, to, to Philip, he's actually scolding Philip, uh, saying, do you not understand yet that that what you see in me you see is the Father? That's I'm the very evidence of who the Father is, and uh, it's it's very bold in John 14 about uh, that truth that Jesus is the revealing, uh, the the revealing of who the Father is, and so um, that is um, you know as we think about the the clearest the clearest unveiling the clearest revealing that God has ever displayed is Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not physically here right. like that now. So for us, it's not necessarily the clearest because the scriptures are what we have now. But to have walked with Christ and to have seen him act, which we can read about now, right. um, that would have been the clearest um, to have seen that, you know, would have been the clearest uh, revelation of, of that yeah. uh, for sure. And, and we rejoice in the fact that we have the accounts in the, the Gospels of Jesus's life. And mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about these specific issues of, of how all of this came together um, how God gave us all of this truth. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's really beautiful is to realize that we are told throughout the Old and the New Testament that God has given us in the things that are written what we might in the scripture, which is what is the usual term that's used to refer to it, that God has given us the things that we need to have in order to be able to know him and to obey him and to present him to others. Uh, the Old, New Testament scriptures, Jesus is, is referring to things in the Old Testament, right. things that were said concerning him, uh, things that were said concerning uh, the Father's will and the purposes that he was fulfilling. Uh, 
God revealed so much truth concerning himself in the scriptures that we can actually say that this is the written revelation of God. That we hold in our hands the word of God, just as the Israelites heard from the mouths of the prophets, Mm -hmm. the word of God. And uh, that's an exciting thing to us. It also puts us in a place where there is a question. Which is the most uh, effective? Which is the most important? Is it is it God's general revelation, his natural revelation, or is it this book, the other book, if you will, in which God has revealed himself? And that comes down to what I have called comparative revelation, where we're actually describing some different ways in which we can look at the relationship between the scriptures, the Bible, and God's revelation of himself in nature. Uh, Since both general and special revelation or particular revelation are given by God and based upon his work, one approach would be to view them as a two-volume set of books and say that each of the volumes reveals certain truths that the other may or may not. Um, Another way that we might look at it is to say that general revelation explains particular revelation. In other words, that we need to describe the Bible on the basis of what we find as we explore nature. That nature sort of takes the upper hand because it's so much bigger and greater and grander and and we need to recognize that the Bible just doesn't cover so much of that. The other way for us to look at it is to say that the Bible is the, is the revelation that we most concentrate on and that in, in a sense is in uh, ascendance over natural revelation. The problem with each of these positions, um, the difficulties I should say that are involved in them are important for us to keep in mind. You have mentioned the fact that the Bible doesn't tell us everything. And that is true. The Bible doesn't tell us everything. And that helps us with each of these positions to recognize the fact that we are not going to find everything in the Bible that describes everything we're going to find in nature. If that were the case, God would have had to give us a set of encyclopedias as big as the world. On the other hand, we're not going to find things in nature that we find in the Bible. Which is the weakness of general revelation. Exactly. Right, right. There are so many specific things God teaches us here that we're not going to be able to find simply by examining the mm-hmm. book of nature, if you will. So what we find is that the two complement each other. Right. There is not only historical truth, but spiritual truth to be found here that is not necessarily available in general revelation but there are things that we can learn about God through the things that he has made uh, both about his greatness about his being deity uh, and having the power to do what he has done the things that we can learn about God through his general revelation are significant and important enough that it helps people to be able to recognize that there is a God 
a God I should know. Mm -hmm. This book tells us the specific details about this God and how to know him. Yeah, our, our, our world seeks, so believers struggle with that, I think. Our, our world seeks to denounce the scriptures and often uses science to do it. <clears throat> so as a reaction, some even well-meaning Christians have put down the study of science uh, and truths of our world. Um, but Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. So um, there are people's opinions, there are theories in science that are untrue mm -hmm. and uh, even unbiblical. Right. And so we don't, we don't adhere to those. But they're, but they're just theories. Right, and that, that is, of course, the problem, is that if the scientist decides to step out of his realm where he is measuring and studying and working on right. things that we can see, we can feel, we can, we can research, when he steps out of that field and moves into, say, cosmology, where he's trying to explain the origin of everything, he's moving out of the area in which science is really supposed to work. Right. He's a respected individual because he is a skilled scientist. And we, we need to respect his science, but we do not have to accept his explanation of how everything came about or right. how everything can be explained apart from the existence of God because science doesn't tell us that. Right. So every believer can settle in, in the fact that truth is truth, whether it comes from general revelation, whether it comes from specific revelation. Right. Uh, God's word is truth. Science, when it finds truth, is truth. Yes. Right? That's right. Uh, and so uh, that I like the you use the word complementary. I think that even is a, a good thought rather than even comparative because mm -hmm. they don't they don't fight one another. Sometimes our understanding of the two different right. revelations fight one another, but they really don't fight one another because truth is true. All the time, you know, right? right? I mean, it's it's, it's always <laughs> Wherever there. Wherever it may come from, right? That's true. Uh, so they actually go together when the, when the truth is actually seen. Uh, I think when we were talking about this earlier, I used the idea of two plus two equals four, and Grandpa came up with some um, the gravitational pull of of one of the planets. Maybe I'm not sure what it was. The moons of Venus or something. Do you remember what what he? Uh, what he said? I don't know. It was I, something more elaborate than than what I was coming up with. I'm I have sure. I have no idea. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember that, but I also am was probably just as lost in that conversation yeah. as I am now. But the the truth is, the Bible doesn't. It there are many studies that we might have that the Bible is silent on. Mm -hmm. um, the gravitational pull of Jupiter's moons. Right. Saturn's moon. Does Jupiter have a moon? Jupiter has lots of moons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, so does that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Bible doesn't talk about those things. It really doesn't talk about 2 plus 2 equals 4 either. Although, right. as I said that, I did remember that Noah had lots of 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 <laughs> that went on his boat. But they didn't actually do the addition in the scriptures. Right. Um, but, uh, but those aren't written in the Bible, but they're still true. Yes. And they don't compete 
they, they don't they don't fight against the truth of the Bible because they're both they're all true. Right. You know, um, and so where the problem is, is when there are um, when there are uh, ideas that are assumed to be scientific, assumed to be a general revelation thought that go against what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. That's when there's conflict. Right. But there sh- really should never be conflict between general revelation and biblical revelation or s- specific revelation. We're, we're going to eventually have an opportunity to talk about evolution a little bit more. But I think the, the important thing is for us to realize the fact that once you have uh, determined that a certain theory is true, and you begin to do your research based upon that, as as Darwin did, um, you come to certain conclusions, and those conclusions may or may not be correct. There are many evolutionists today who are not Darwinian evolutionists in the sense that they believe that much of what Darwin presented was not an adequate explanation. And we're going to find inadequate explanations all over the place. Mm, Uh, Creationists will make them. Evolutionists will make them. A lot of that simply comes down to the fact that we don't have an adequate amount of information. And much of the information we have, the, the incredible amount of knowledge that it takes to launch a rocket ship from the Earth to project to the planet Mars a portion of that rocket ship to have uh, a lander come out of that, land on Mars, and go about researching and studying it. Anyone who doubted that that takes an incredible amount of knowledge is really dumb. Hmm. (laughs) But that amount of knowledge, however great it may be, will not necessarily solve some of the most basic questions and issues that exist that we as humans have wrestled with since the beginning. And many of those are answered in the Word of God. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same, right? Um, And I just, I think it's really important for, for churches, for those in the scriptures, to say that it's not... Uh, we don't need to be scared of science. Right. We don't need to be um, adversarial mm-hmm. against science. Um, God created everything, and uh, as as He created it, it fits within what He has said in His revelation. Right. So we don't need to be fearful of it. We don't understand it all. Right. Uh, some of it is is the some of the a lot of it. The answer is I don't know. Right. I mean, that even even those who have studied and studied and studied it areas, the answer is still, I don't know. Right. Um, you know, so uh, and it's good to say that. Right. And we so know. we don't we don't <laughs> but we don't need to be adversarial or, or fearful of science right. or of study um, for those things. And so it's it's actually uh, true that we can we can count on. Psalm 14, the heavens declare the glory of God, and know that that is an accurate statement, that they actually go together. That's good. Okay. Anything else? Cy, any, uh, any words of wisdom over there? The, uh, the only thing that 
at at the begin at the beginning we talked about <clears throat> that uh, the special revelation is progressive, and we, we do want to be clear that we don't uh, we don't believe that special revelation continues, continues. to be progressive. It was progressive right. in that Moses didn't have Jesus around, mm-hmm. right? right? That that is that is new revelation that came. Right. Uh, but we see the end of Scripture being the end of that revelation, right? right. Re- revelation being the end of that right. special revelation Correct. progress progressiveness. Right. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That there is, and we'll talk a little bit more about this side. But uh, we do believe that the the canon is closed. In other words, that God is not continuing to reveal new truth to people at this time. There's nothing that needs to be written down that isn't already written down here. Yeah. But thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. That's good. Good. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you for joining us and. Uh, We are interested in digging into some different areas of uh, bibliology over these next uh, few times here on uh, Three Gens uh, Theology, and uh, hope that you will continue to join us. And again, send any questions or comments that you might have at pd at crossbridgeindy.com. That's the letters P and D, like Pastor Dan, at crossbridgeindy.com. And uh, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, please leave a review. And, and uh, wherever you're watching us on, or listening to us on a podcast, uh, whatever you can do to like us or uh, leave a review, those kind of things, it's great. We appreciate those things. So until uh, next time, uh, dig into those scriptures and allow that specific revelation uh, to widen your understanding of who God is.